Shalom, and thank you for listening to sermons from Tikbat Israel, a Messianic synagogue in the heart of Richmond, Virginia. Listening to the podcast is great, but if you want the full experience, please join us Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. for our worship service. We are located at the corner of Boulevard and Grove, across from the Art Museum. For more information, you can visit our website at tikvatisrael.com. There, you can support the ministry, learn more about Messianic Judaism, and contact us with any questions or comments. May Hashem bless you through the hearing of His Word. And another friend uh, asked me, you know, what, what was wrong, what's going on, and all I could muster was, uh, I'm just, uh, just repenting, you know, and, uh, and they said, uh, well, there's nothing wrong with that, right? And uh, so I was undone by this small, loving gesture, and I felt remembered and loved. But at the same time, I felt convicted by that love because I, I, I was aware of my own selfish nature um, at, at, this, at this moment. And in a parallel way, um, Amos reminds the children of Jacob about how God specifically loves and remembers them. And this is from this week's Haftarah portion, which uh, Juan read a little bit of earlier. And this is from Amos 3, verse 2. And it says this, Of all the families on earth, only you have I intimately known. Of all the families on earth, only you have I intimately known. Rak etchem yadati mikol mishpachot. I could say the same thing to my wife. Of all the women on earth, only you have I intimately known. Only my Besheret have I known. And only she truly knows me. My biggest faults, my deepest dreams, my habit of leaving drawers open, etc. All those things. Only with her have I... She's nodding, yes. Only with her... Have I covenanted? And this is the most transformative human relationship that I have. And so it is between Hashem, the Lord, and Israel. It is this covenantal, rescuing love that was supposed to transform Israel. We were the only family on earth that God rescued from Egypt. Given We were given his instructions. We were sent prophets like Amos to call us back when we wandered off like sheep. You know there's going to be an animal noise somewhere in this sermon. That's kind of a thing lately. So, But he gave us Shabbat, right? He gave us the covenant. He gave us the Torah, the whole Megillah, the whole Megillah, but like literally. Megillah is scroll. It's a pun. Never mind. Okay. So No wonder God seems kind of incredulous in response to Israel's behavior in this week's Haftarah portion, which, uh, again, we read a little bit earlier. So I'm going to read it again, and let's think about the tone of this. Here is what Adonai says. For Israel's three crimes, no four. I will not reverse it, because they sell the upright for silver and the poor for a pair of shoes grinding the heads of the poor in the dust and pushing the lowly out of the way. Father and son sleep with the same girl, profaning my holy name, lying down beside any altar on clothes taken in pledge. 
drinking wine in the house of their God, bought with fines they impose. I destroyed the emery before them, though tall as cedars and strong as oaks. I destroyed their fruit above and their root below. More than that, I brought you from Egypt, led you 40 years in the desert so that you could have the emery's land. I raised up some of your sons to be prophets, other young men of yours to be Nazarim or um, Nazarites, people of Israel. Isn't that true? Asked Adonai. It's kind of the, the tone I, I hear is like, uh, like, really? Really? I did all this for you and this is how you act? Really? Come on, guys. Get it together. The family who, who was rescued from slavery, they had now become an enslaver of the impoverished, right? It doesn't make any sense. It, 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 makes, me, it makes me sad reading it now. Even this is like thousands of years later, removed from the text. And I'm like, come on, guys. If our, if our theological narrative includes God's irrevocable and covenantal love toward the Jewish people, then that means that we as Jews and Gentiles anchored to the Jewish people through Yeshua, we are the recipients of something life-changing, life-changing love. It's an unbreakable covenantal love which is designed to undo us in our kishkas right here in our gut. How do we know that God's rescuing love is faithful? We know because he has anchored his faithfulness to the Jewish people. And so God's rescuing love is irrevocable to all nations through Yeshua. Conversely, if God is done with the Jewish people, then his love is not faithful. That doesn't make any sense. Covenantal love from the Hebrew Bible is what solidifies covenantal love in the Yeshua story, right? That it builds on the first part. And, and that covenantal love links all of us, right? And it's it, 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 all of us who cling to Yeshua, Jew and Gentile alike, to the Lord. Reading through the Torah portions lately, what are we reading about? Who are we reading about? We're reading about the story of Jacob, right? In Genesis, our kind of dubious ancestor. And uh, we might wonder, is Hashem discrediting his own reputation in calling himself the God of Jacob? Jacob, remember, is not really a model citizen, okay? The narrative of Jacob and his character issues, it only highlights the foundation of the faithfulness of God. His election, his choosing, his irrevocable calling, and his rescuing love. In other words, the narrative of Jacob's foibles talks less about Jacob and more about the faithfulness of God. It is the love of this God of Jacob that transforms Jacob transforms his character and his descendants and all of us. Imagine I had a son. Let's call him Jacob. And this son has some major character flaws, big issues. He shoplifts. He lies. He kind of cheats his way through life, kind of like 
the patriarch Jacob. Yeah, see the see the connection here? Okay, you, you with me? All right. So, but everywhere I go, no matter what Jacob does, what I do is I identify myself and I say, I am Jacob's dad. Sometimes I wouldn't even say my own name, right? I just, I'm Jacob's dad. I'm identifying myself. I'm the father of Jacob. And I'm putting my own reputation on the line because I'm linking my identity with this wheeler and dealer, okay? But I'm willing to do that. Why? Because I'm committed. I have a committed love for my son. And I know that that committed love will transform his character. My love for Jacob and my identifying with him is irrevocable, right? It's, it's no matter what, I'm going to be his dad. And if he knows this, if he knows I'm going to identify with him no matter what, eventually he's going to seek to reflect me in his be- behavior because he knows that his identity is linked to me as well, right? So just as I represent him, he represents me. So he's going to want to reflect that goodness and that love in his own behavior. He will think perhaps, you know, my dad always calls himself the father of Jacob, and he loves me no matter what. Perhaps that means I need to straighten up and fly right. He is willing to stick it out with me. That's got to count for something. And so it is between God and the children of Jacob. Psalm 20 verse 1 puts it like this. May the Lord answer you when you are in distress. May the name of the God of Jacob protect you. Doesn't it feel more secure to trust in the God of Jacob who's anchored to Jacob no matter what? When we proclaim his irrevocable love, we ascribe faithfulness to God. And what is this no matter what love supposed to do? Well, Amos reminds us that it's supposed to transform us. His words prompt reflection. We have to think about these things. How are we blessing the poor in our community? How are we pursuing purity and holiness? Being his covenanted people is supposed to mark us as reflections of his restorative love. Tomorrow night, we begin a festival. What is it? Hanukkah, right? The festival of lights and dedication or rededication. I'm sure Amos, uh, he wrote before the events of Hanukkah, but he would have rejoiced at what happened. What happened during Hanukkah or when the, when the Maccabees uh, uh, rose up? What did they do? They cleansed the temple, right? They rejected Antiochus. He was trying to uh, say that he was a, a deity to be worshipped, so they rejected that. And they returned to the Torah in those days. And then, about 150, 160 years later, after the Maccabees, who shows up in the temple? Yeshua. And he's walking along the colonnade of the temple court. Remember, this has recently been restored, right? And, uh, and then he makes a connection between himself and Hanukkah, as he frequently does, as we've seen 
when we're reading through the book of John, he makes a connection between the feasts and the signs and the symbols and himself, his own identity and his um, ministry. So let's check out the setup in John 10, verses 22 to 26. Then came Hanukkah in Yerushalayim. Most Bibles say the Feast of Dedication. Uh, it was winter, and Yeshua was walking around inside the temple area in Shlomo's colonnade. That's Solomon's colonnade. That's um, an area of the temple. So the Judeans surrounded him, the Udayoi, and they said to him, How much longer are you going to keep us in suspense? If you are the Messiah, tell us publicly. Yeshua answered them, I have already told you, but you don't trust me. The works I do in my Father's name testify on my behalf. But the reason you don't trust is that you are not included among my sheep. His sheep, right? Why is he referring to the people as sheep, right? Well, we have to think about this. Who are the shepherds in the story of Israel? Abel, Abraham, Jacob, Joseph, David, Moses, and Amos, who we just uh, heard from here, right? These are all shepherds, literally. That means they took care of sheep, which go, bah, yeah, you're with me, okay. All right, and what are sheep like? They're stubborn. They don't listen to you. They don't know English or Hebrew or whatever you're saying. They're just wandering around. So in order to take care of them, you have to be what? You have to be pastoral. That's where the word pastor comes from, right? You think of pastors of a church, right? This comes from the word shepherd. It's the same word. So a shepherd has to take care of these stubborn sheep and has to have tenderness and compassion and patience. And we see that in the hearts of the patriarchs like Abraham and David, right? They were shepherds literally, but they are also shepherding hearts, right? Scripture says David had, was a man after God's own heart. God is a shepherd to us. And so Yeshua fits himself into this identity, right? Why does Yeshua have human sheep like us? Because he's the ultimate fulfillment of the word pastor or shepherd. Yes, yes. And then he sets up the idea of covenantal love based on trust. Because he's saying these, these ones that are not my sheep, it's because they don't trust me. They don't have a relationship with me. So, But we in his flock, we know that he's the good shepherd. Like the shepherds in the Hebrew Bible. But the perfect shepherd. So continuing in John, um, this is the passage uh, for our, contains our verse for the year. Do we remember this? Our verse for the year. So see if you can see it in there. Yeshua answered, I did tell you, but you do not believe. The works I do in my Father's name testify about me, but you do not believe because you are not my sheep. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. No one shall snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my father's hand. I and the father are one. Notice that Yeshua specifically says that he knows us. He knows us. What does that remind us of? 
the verse that we read earlier about Amos. Amos said, you are the only family of the earth that I have intimately known. It is through Messiah that we are fully known by God, which empowers us to do the other things. What is it that we do? We listen, we hear, and then we follow, right? We belong to Messiah, and he knows us. He knows us as a husband knows his wife, in a sense. Out of this intimacy and trust, we listen, and we understand, and we follow. So what is listening? What does Yeshua mean by listening? What's the word for that in Hebrew? Shema, listen up. But it doesn't just mean listen, it means what? Hear, understand, right, and follow, obey. Hear, listen, understand, Israel. And what is following? Following Yeshua is to do what he did. He was about his father's business. And so we can be about his business, the fullness of compassion and kindness and patience, forgiveness, humility. We follow after his character. And what did he do? He brought healing and restoration and gentleness. We follow after his actions. He is our example, our model. And then Yeshua claims that he is one with the father. Who is the father? The God of Jacob. One way to understand this is to connect the covenantal love from the God of Jacob and see it manifested through Yeshua the Messiah. Okay? The incarnation of Yeshua has the fullest meaning in this context. It's, it's easier to understand. Hashem, God, limits himself, in a sense, to be deeply committed to a people in the flesh. He is intertwined, connected with history, and he is involved with a particular family. The fullest measure of this commitment to the children of Jacob is the indwelling of the Messiah. The God of Jacob most fully identifies with the family of Jacob through the incarnation. The God of Scripture is linked to the Jewish people irrevocably, connected to a people in the flesh by becoming flesh, by becoming a person, a God who descends into history and into a historic family. The world of Christendom is going to celebrate the birth of Yeshua later this month, and that is awesome, right? But what are they doing? When they do that, they are celebrating the fullest sign of the God of Jacob, his covenantal love. That's what they're doing. The events of Hanukkah would have been in the minds of Yeshua's original hearers. Remember, this just happened about 150 years earlier. So it would have been in their hearts. It would have been in their minds. What happened during Hanukkah? God rescued us. He rescued Israel by his rescuing love. The rededication and the cleansing of the temple, that occurred. That's what's the temple. Again, that's the connection between heaven and earth. But someone greater than the temple is here. The fullness of rescuing love and rededication, it enters the story of Israel 
as the one man Israel and the fullest reflection of the love of God, Yeshua the Messiah. So this year, as we flip our latkes and as we spin our dreidels, let's flip our minds and spin our hearts toward God and rededicate ourselves to Hashem. That's what Hanukkah means, right? Dedication. In Him, we are fully known and fully empowered to reflect His covenantal, irrevocable, and transformative love to those who need it this season. Amen? All right. Let's pray. Abba, we just thank you for your faithfulness and your goodness to us, Lord. And uh, you are faithful to the children of Jacob. You are faithful to all who call upon the name of Yeshua. You are so good to us, Lord, far more than we deserve. And we ask that you help us to reflect your goodness to those who need it. That you would make us more and more like Yeshua and transform us in our hearts. Because there are things in us, we're kind of like Jacob. We have some character issues, Lord. But your love. Your faithful love transforms us so that we can reflect your goodness to the world and so that they will know that you sent your son, Yeshua, uh, to die for us in our place. You sent him to be born, to, to be manifested in the flesh and connect with the people of Israel, and that you sent him to teach us what the Torah is. And what you expect from us and who we ought to be, Lord. You sent us a Messiah. And for that, we are so thankful. And we're thankful for this season. We pray that everyone would have a blessed Hanukkah season. And that um, your, your light would be reflected in us. And that uh, we would not eat too many latkes. And in Yeshua's name we pray.